Hello and welcome to episode 61 of the Rollo and Slappy Show. Today is October 16th, 2017. I am Rollo McFlugel and with me is Slappy Jones 2 and we are both of McFlugel.com. The show notes page for this episode is McFlugel.com slash 61 where you'll find a lot of links to some related episodes and links for this, for this particular episode as well as uh, other ways you can keep in touch with us on social media. So with that, I'm going to hand it right over to Slappy, and he's going to introduce our topic for this episode. Thanks, Rallo. Thanks, everyone, for listening to us today. Uh, today's topic was uh, is based on a Twitter conversation I had over the weekend talking to a socialist. Um, Twitter, you know, it's funny. We all kind of complain and joke about it, the echo chamber, or you'll make a comment and all your, your quote, enemies will come attack you and all your friends will come to your side. And support everything you're saying and you kind of go back and forth and get nowhere. But I think it's useful because when people do respond sincerely, you get kind of an insight into the way they're, they, they think. And so this particular discussion had something to do with roads, believe it or not, and uh, how it would work in a free society. And at one point I made the comment, all I'm saying, this is a quote, all I'm saying is that everything should be voluntary, end quote. And I had a response um, by someone who says, quote, that's completely incompatible with reality outside of a socialist system that provides all basic necessities. So I thought that was kind of funny. Um, outside of a socialist system that provides all basic necessities, it's incompatible with reality to do everything voluntarily. So, uh, Rallo, I'm going to pass it to you for your thoughts and uh, what do you think? Is it, is it completely incompatible with reality to have voluntary transactions? No. <laughs> and if it Surprising were... Surprising answer. Yeah. If it were, I don't think I'd be a libertarian. Sorry for that noise, if you can hear that. I have helicopters flying over my house. Uh, they finally figure out where you are? Yeah, they haven't got me with the spotlight yet. Yeah. So if, there, if there's... Anyway, a, sorry to interrupt. I just... That's very annoying. Um, anyway, so you don't believe that, huh? Right. Okay, so thank you, everyone, for listening. Uh, <laughs> no, uh, no what, I, what, I, what I was saying in my, in my intro is it kind of gives you an insight into their mind a little bit because what is he talking about? Unless a socialist system provides basic necessities, things can't be voluntary. So I thought about it, and this is kind of obvious if you ever talk to these socialists, but what they're saying is uh, they don't want to go to work in the morning, therefore it's not voluntary. They're forced to, otherwise they starve. And he's saying unless a socialist system provides all these basic necessities, you can't do everything voluntary. So my first question to him or to you, Rallo, is um, why, why can't a socialist system provide basic necessities voluntarily? Well, because they're not actually providing anything. They're taking resources and wealth from others and just redistributing it artificially to other people. So it's, it's kind of, uh, it's begging the question that a socialist society is, is actually creating anything, um, Right. I think it's interesting that he says outside of a socialist system that provides basic necessities. Well, what does that mean? What do you mean a socialist system? Is a socialist system something if, if I dig a little bit, I'll find one? No, yeah. a socialist system is a bunch of people. 
Um, and these people are being coerced and doing things involuntarily against their will to provide for other people. They're using other people for their own gains. Um, so by what he's saying, you can't have a voluntary society with a socialist system. It's not possible. Exactly. Um, and like I said, I mean, they're not creating anything. So all they're doing is they're, they're just taking over what other people would be doing. So if we didn't have a socialist uh, government or society, whatever you want to call it, that's apparently providing these necessities, and, and states do try to do this. You know, we have the roads and they'll provide some, sometimes they'll try to provide food and shelter and we, all, we always see how that goes. We see the Soviet bread lines. Mm -hmm. Um, but what happens when you take, like if, if the state stopped providing, say, say the state was in charge of providing food and all of a sudden the state said, we're not going to provide it anymore. Would people just sit there scratching their heads saying, well, I, I guess we're not going to eat now. No, I mean, the basic necessities of a society are just that the basic necessities, the things that you need to make sure are taken care of so that you can pursue other things like food, clothing, shelter, some infrastructure, access to water, um, having your rights uh, preserved. So if the state weren't doing it, these extremely important things, then you don't think there'd be a market for it, that people wouldn't see a profit opportunity there? I also think it's convenient. Um, it's it's kind of like a euphemism to say the state is providing it. That sounds much easier. Who wouldn't be against someone providing all your food and shelter, roads, everything for you so that you could pursue whatever you feel like pursuing? When you say the state is providing, that doesn't sound so bad. And it makes the, what's the word I'm looking for? The stereotype of the conservative or the libertarian to be like, you hate the poor and everyone for their themselves if you say you're against the state providing because it's like what well, the state is giving you this gift and you're not taking it. But in reality... It's people out there growing farm, farmers growing food and having to give a percentage of their, their work on their land to someone else. And it's taken by force. And so when you talk about what the state actually is, it, it's a little less uh, appealing than just saying the state provides. Because like you said earlier, the state can't provide. The state can only take and they take it with violence, with guns. Well, and I think that if you – and this goes to not just the, the avowed socialist, but anyone who believes that there should be a, a state doing anything, I mean they, it has to be justified. So whether it's, it's you know, Mr. Full-Blown Socialist or even the Minarchist, um, they're only advocating for things that they think are absolutely necessary. I mean, I mean why would they say like, you know what? You know, why would a Minarchist say – you know what? I, I really believe that the the market could provide adequate security uh, measures. So, but you know what? I, ju I just you know why not just have the state do it? I, you know who really cares? No, they think that the market can't do it; that it's inadequate for whatever reason. So that's what they advocate for. So it, it and that's why I think people have that kind of emotional response. Um, not so much the minarchists because they're used to to say that the state. Um, doesn't need to provide a lot of things, but just take your average, average everyday person who thinks that the state needs to provide a lot of regulation and roads and all this, this other stuff. Um, I mean, you're kind of rocking their world that they believe that the state needs to be here 
that we wouldn't be able to function in society without it. Um, so of course they're going to, to say that the market can't, can, uh, can provide can't provide basic, that, of course. Right. Or it's just the market is inefficient at doing it or something. But also, and then you look at it a different way. What is the, um, what are the basic necessities? I think we can generally agree on, uh, cell on phones. Like, you know, yeah. Or, you know, healthcare, health insurance, tractors. Um, that was actually like my one and only <laughs> note I wrote for this episode. Tractors. Yeah, tractors. You got it in. I did. No, but really, food, clothes, shelter, water, you know. I don't but, know. But, but people do add, have these add-ons, like – People are saying that the internet's, you know, a basic. Right. Well, that's why I threw cell phones in there. I right. kind of threw it in as a joke, but not really. Well, the state, when, the state started to provide that now. And really, a lot of people don't can't even imagine. And we're talking about people who are 18, 19, 20 years old, probably can't even imagine life without a cell phone. I mean, it's hard to for me, um, even though most of my life I haven't had one. Right. Um, yeah, so I it's becoming a necessity. Yeah. Right. Right, right, right. It's right. It's 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 a necessity for life today. But is it a well, not for human survival? Right. But I mean, who wants to live in a society where or or live in a state where you're just living off the base? You know, you, you can eat, you're not starving to death. You're uh, you're not getting rained on at night, and I guess you're not freezing cold. With the amount of clothes you have, so um, there's there's obvious, you know, obvious reasons to want all of these things provided, right? Um, but if we can all identify these things that um, we really, really want or really, really need, then I think it's kind of absurd to say that that people wouldn't figure out a way to to do to it. it, right? Especially because what other people are okay with allowing the market to provide a lot of it's just kind of the, the fluff. I don't want to call it fluff necessarily. That's, that's kind of unfair, but, but the things that we don't actually need for human survival, it's all of the, the luxuries and everything that, Oh, well the market will we'll allow the market to provide that. Cause that's really not that necessary. So if it can provide things that aren't necessary and do it pretty, pretty well, I think most people, you know, I think if someone buys a uh, you know a Lexus or a BMW or or another expensive kind of car, I don't think most people are unhappy with those purchases. Because if a lot of people were, they wouldn't go out and spend all that money on them. Right. So if you can provide, if you can trust the market to provide, uh, you know, these luxury items, then why in the world do you not think it? They wouldn't be able to provide things that are much more important facing necessities but then we can look at and you know we can look at pretty much any country uh on the planet um and see where you would rather live or where you would rather be poor uh if you had a choice when we talk about Rawls uh original position you know but you're starting life and you have to pick a country to live in and be poor. What would it be? It might not be the United States. I don't know. I don't know what every society is, but I'll bet you it wouldn't be the Soviet Union or Cuba or Venezuela. Why not? Because they're not providing those basic <laughs> needs for people. Those, those needs aren't there. 
I mean, there were like bread lines in the Soviet Union. Right. They don't even have toilet paper in Venezuela. I mean, it's pretty sad. I mean, right. uh, you know, we can we laugh, but, uh, you know, we're not allowed to joke about things. And this is certainly one of those things we shouldn't be joking about. Yeah, it's it's. It's insane. I mean, well, it, it just look at look at, you know, health insurance and healthcare now in, in our own country where the states kind of not kind of has taken over and it's oh, totally has it, yeah it, it's it's taken it over a while ago well it's not even insurance yeah right, right it's a lot worse right now with how much it's it's controlling it and no one's happy with it right so I mean, that, that should kind of be a signal that oh hey maybe maybe the things the state gets its hands all over doesn't very i mean look at uber and uh and lyft how much you know people talk about getting that a, a, a taxi cab that uh, was like oh it's gonna smell bad and it's you know no one really no one i never remember hearing people talk about great stories about a taxi or even just telling stories where they mention like oh and i got my taxi now it's just like uber getting an uber or lyft it's like it's like how it's a kleenex is referred to as a, a tissue and people you talk about their uber rides is a pleasant part of their story right um, you never had that or never had that uh, positive experience with the taxis because the state manages it. So, so anyway, I, I'm going to kind of maybe change the topic a little bit and totally catch you off guard because we didn't talk about this before the show. But in my discussion with these people, um, the one... Well, do you know I didn't see this? Because I actually... <laughs> I set a notification to get get a a, a a feel for the conversation. No, no, no. I set a notification from Twitter that every time you tweeted that it would send me a notification. Oh, good. So maybe <laughs> just, you do just, know. Just because you don't you don't normally do it a lot, so I was like, right. I'd like to I, see I, what I really you're talking do. about on Twitter. Well, that's what I was, I was also going to mention <laughs> that in the beginning. Like, I'm rarely getting into these Twitter things, so every now and then I do, <laughs> uh, and I sometimes regret it because then you get stuck, and it's like, wait, I don't want to leave it on that note. I got to respond, and then I keep responding, and this you know takes up a lot of time, but. Um, so the one person that tells me uh, we're going back and forth and I'm asking if her neighbors own her and if they're allowed to vote away her rights and well, yada, yada, yada. Uh, but at one point she says, I'm going to read this tweet. Uh, we should resist property itself, preferably with like guns. So I just asked a simple question. Do you believe you own yourself? Uh, yeah. And she replies, yeah, your own body should definitely be your own. You're using it. So does anyone else have a right to it? No, that's part of what I oppose. Interesting. Wait, so she said that we should resist property. She says, I'm going to quote now. She was answering a question because I said, right. well, I mean, I, I could go back in this little, this is the problem with Twitter. I could go back and read them all. So I'll just shorten it and give her response. She says, no, we, sh we should resist property itself, preferably with like, guns so it's like saying using guns to take property i guess we should okay. resist property itself with like guns so i don't know if she's talking about actual guns or just things that are sort of like guns but she says resist property itself preferably with like guns okay so guns wouldn't be property though i i don't know <laughs> i don't know i don't know where she's going so i i went yeah, to okay. a simple one and said do you believe you own yourself Right, I was getting hung up on 
what, <laughs> what shouldn't have something you're not your point. Yeah. I, I, yeah. Okay. So do you believe you own yourself? Yes. You own your body. You should definitely be your own. You're using it, which is funny. She defines ownership as you're using it. Um, so does anyone else have a right to it? No, that's part of what I oppose. Yes. She's an avowed communist actually. So there's kind of a contradiction there. Would you say? Yeah, I would say so. So how are you going to provide these? I get the point I'm trying to get at is how are you going to have these needs provided for you without using other people's bodies for those ends? There's a magic wizard that, um, that waves a magic wand and it is. And it just happens. So then it yes. becomes, uh, so I get it. So you just call it government, then it becomes something else. Exactly. Or the state or whatever. I got you. No, I mean, that is in, in all seriousness. Well, that's what I mean. That like, is, what, that what are you is talking her, about? I mean, she that just is their oversight. contradicted herself in her own four tweets there. Right. I, it's. I try to understand because I've, I've read Marx and. Same. You know, he actually does, at least from what I've read, understand how wealth is created. And what capitalism is, and then he just kind of cuts the wheel and says, "Well, we shouldn't be that, you know, uh, structure society that way. It should be the workers and the, and the bourgeois bad or whatever, or the bourgeoisie is bad." Or but like, I, I don't think even most socialists or Marxists even understand those points. Like, if you if you put up a, you know, Marxist writings on on what capitalism is and how wealth is created. The people reading it would be like, oh, it's some jerk idiot, selfish capitalist wrote that. They would never think it was Marx. Well, which, and didn't Marx argue that capitalism is the most uh, productive I society? Think, I think he did. And he said it would get so productive that people wouldn't be working or something, which we kind of hear now. Like everything is going to be artificial intelligence and there's going to be no jobs. So we're going to be so productive that there'd be so many people not able to do anything. Does well, that, that's kind of the new, like, I don't even know what to call. But, but didn't Marx okay. argue that, that we that capitalism would be so productive that it would, things would have to be redistributed? I mean, I don't know. it's, it's been a while since I read it, but that was always, yeah, that was always my understanding of what he thought. And that's why he didn't believe, and that, I could be wrong again, I'm not a Marx expert, but the way I understand it was he didn't even believe we needed like a violent revolution because it would just happen eventually because right. capitalism would be so productive that it would, everything would have to be redistributed. Hmm. Essentially it would end scarcity. I don't know. Yeah. Well, that's like, there's a lot of uh, people that are into like the robots and technology doing everything. And they're just, now there's, well, we just need to audit like, Without understanding, it's funny because they they do believe that um, there's a way to be extremely productive by kind of, I guess, I don't even want to know if it's they consider capitalism, but just with technology improving uh, efficiency and everything. But then there's like no understanding of how that actually happens. So it's like, oh, well, let this person keep all the money from innovating. It's like, well, no, I don't know. Well, the other thing too, if you like took our society today and talked about how much food we have and the clothes and everything we have today, the cars, and you went back in time to 1600s and said there will be time 
where we have X, no one would believe you, no one would think it's possible, and they'd say that's science fiction, it would never happen, you're crazy. Right. Because society, like today, most people would say we don't have a perfect world, like there's still people hungry and not everyone has food. But if you go back just 40 years ago, they thought we were going to run out of food with the population boom. Well, it's funny. I was talking to someone yesterday. I had a you know cell phone out showing him a, a video on my cell phone, and he said it's funny because when I was your age, man, to imagine just be able you know being able to pull up a video from a little thing in your pocket, people that's Star Trek stuff. That'll never happen, right? And so the point of bringing that up is that not that long ago, people didn't even realize the things we would have. Now you look at how many jobs cell phones have created that nobody thought was even a potential job just 20 years ago, really. I mean, 1997, no one could envision a touchscreen on an iPhone. Right. Um, now you have people working full-time on all kinds of computer applications that are uh, exclusively for cell phones. These weren't even potential jobs in 1997. No one thought that in 20 years people would be doing that. And so just imagine what we'll have in 20 years from now, assuming we continue to progress. No, but we, sh we should just have the state focus on providing it. We should just be happy just with the where basic we are. Necessities, so we just, yeah, we don't, we don't ever. And the good thing is the state will do it. The state yeah. will do it so there will be no coercion. Yeah. <laughs> right? Yeah. <laughs> That's the argument. So, nature uh, is so right. oppressive. <laughs> yes, nature is oppressive since if we were here... Um, we would have nothing. But the, see, that's what the cavemen should have done, is they should have said, we have socialism. Then they would have had their basic necessities provided for them by their socialism. That's true. So, you know, I, I kind of blame them. I'm going to do that in my house. I'm just going to be like, uh, I a great want... idea. Yeah, I'd just be like, I don't know, it's something that I really want or need. Um, I'm going to... Yeah. Food. I just, just, I don't want to go food shopping anymore. I'm just going to say, I declare socialism here and yeah. my basic needs, including food, will be met. No, I want my mortgage paid. And so I'm just going to have a socialist system in my house. Uh, that's true. I'll do that. Yeah. I declare food. socialism on my mortgage. Yeah. Now that's met. All right. <laughs> What's next? Yeah. Well, I don't need anything else. That's all I really need. I can buy, I can buy my food. I'm okay with that. I'm not saying all work is bad or, or creating things. I mean, there's things we want to do that we like and we want to make money from doing that. Okay. So. so you think there's some things that the market should actually provide? Yeah. I just think my socialist system should provide my mortgage payment. Okay. I think that's pretty reasonable. We're not trying to socialize everything. I mean, right, right. We're, we're pragmatic. Yeah. Just a little bit of government. Yep. Um, so anyway, I think we made our point. Is there anything else you wanted to add? Nope. Do you have a free market story? I do. You do? Yeah. Let's hear it. So I've uh, I, I recently, uh, or in the process of purchasing some more life insurance. And because uh, I plan on dying soon. Not really. But uh, um, so part of the life insurance. Well, uh, just for the record, there's a two-year contestability cl a suicide clause. Right. Well, I mean, I, so soon as, as in two, not. Two years in, in a day. Basically. Okay. <laughs> this is recorded which is dated yeah i know i mean <laughs> yeah that's what i was, I was that's what i was thinking it's like uh, people are going to go back in uh october 17th 2019 hopefully hopefully i think people are, are oh people will be listening this to this forever so don't yes, you worry so good 
Um, so part of the process with the underwriting is to make sure that you're, uh, you're kind of healthy or they, that they understand what your health status is so that they give you an adequate policy based on that. Yeah, it puts you in the right risk pool. Right. So they want to they wanna weigh me, measure my height, and have me answer some questions and draw some blood and some urine. And uh, so, you know, normally you go to the doctors for that, but they set up a nurse to call me up and um, schedule it that she came right to my house when it was convenient for me. Uh, it was in the evening, so it was, you know, well after I got home from work, didn't have to worry about missing any time at work. And she came over, did what she had to do, and, uh, and left. And she was also very pleasant and nice, and, you know, everything worked out fine. Um, so I didn't have to pay for any of that. That was all provided by the, uh, the insurance. And I, I know you could say it's built into the policies, but if I decide that I don't want it, or they decide they don't want it, then, you know. They still pay for it. Right. Say no thank you, and, and that's it. But it's in their best interest that um, they find out what, how my health is. And like you were mentioning before we got started, that, you know, there's sometimes that people find out major health issues from, from taking the, uh, the little uh, examination they do. Yep. It was like the former uh, Philadelphia Eagles, Eagles uh, long snapper, John Dorenbos, got traded. And during his, uh, his physical, they found out he had cancer. So, you know. Yeah. I mean, it's a good thing he got traded. Yeah. Uh, for everyone. And that happens in the insurance industry from time to time. People get their blood work back and fine. Their blood sugar was high and, you know, they're able to get their – they're maybe they're pre-diabetic or, or whatever. They're able to see a doctor and get it under control. Otherwise, they would not have been able to, or they would not have known. There's no way for them to know. Um, but what did did you have um, any anything else to add on that? Didn't you have another point you were going to make, or am I imagining that? Uh, I mean, probably I was going to bring up tractors again. Okay, and how a few. Get run over by it, you're covered? Yeah, I would think so. Yeah. Um, probably, I mean. Yeah, but anyway, what, what I would, would add to it in the insurance world, and um, as ANCAPs often talk about how insurance could help regulate the market, uh, say you get your blood work and urine done and they find out you're a smoker because there's uh, nicotine in your urine and uh, your blood sugar's high, so you're pre-diabetic. Your rates are going to be higher because you're an increased risk. So they're going to charge you more for your insurance. Now, that doesn't seem very fair, does it? But it is what it is. Uh, you're a greater risk to them to get the right premium for everyone. Um which is actually lower than your actual risk because you're still spreading it with other similar people. Um, if you were to handle that yourself, it would be very expensive. But I, I, think, think, it, I think it's fair. Well, you, no, I'm saying, but people, you know. I, I, I know. No, I'm know. saying because I think it's fair because I don't want to have to pay for. Uh, so I mean, you pay said, more for, for 
things that I'm not doing. I mean, there's, there's a reason I try to keep myself pretty healthy and, and, you know, right. You're leveraging your dollars. Like say you had a million dollar life insurance policy and it costs you a thousand dollars a year or 2000, whatever thousand it's going to be. Um, it's usually cheaper to insure that than to either try to save up that kind of money or, you know, whatever. Right. I mean, you're going to have to leave that if you were to pass away to your next of kin or whatever's in your will. Um, but, uh, but what does that do? Say, say you come back with your exam and they find you're overweight or like I said, your blood sugar's high or there's tobacco, nicotine in your urine. Um, it now encourages you to bring down your blood sugar and to stop smoking so that you can apply for insurance in the future and maybe replace your old policy to get lower rates. So it kind of regulates the health in that sense. Now, with our current health insurance, we're talking life insurance, but now we're switching gears to health insurance where everything's always covered and you have to pay certain amounts. There's, uh, I know I never did an exam, but I also have a group policy from work, which I think most people get. Um, so it's just based strictly on age. It encourages you to be less healthy because the incentive there isn't to take care of yourself. The incentive is to use a system as much as you want you won't pay more you have a deductible you don't pay anything above it and so you might as well use it as often as you can yep so they're trying to do things like do preventative care and offer incentives to do more preventative stuff but uh whenever the government tweaks with anything and makes mandates it makes it worse absolutely so that's all i have yep that's funny we're said before we went on, well, let's keep this one kind of short. We've been having a lot of them been like a half hour longer and we just hit the, the half hour mark. <laughs> oh, well. But yeah. hey, as long it's as we're talking and, and not having awkward silence. We're talking about tractors. Um, right. But the socialists will bring it out of me every now and then. It just makes no sense. With socialists, you, you can't, nothing can be voluntary unless there's a socialist system. Social system is explicitly not voluntary. Well, if you don't like it, you can leave. Can you, though? I don't think you can. Well. And that's another... It's, now, it's the social contract, though. Uh, that's right. We did sign that. Yeah. Forgot about that. I always forget that I signed that. I know. Well, it's but there. The good thing is it's in writing, so I could go look it up and see what I agreed to whenever I want. Right. Well, just the fact that you're participating in society. Right, and, and a, a contract you can't opt out of is reasonable, right? Obviously. It would be upheld in any court. Yeah. Um, good, good. So that's good. We got that okay. down. So before we go off on another 20-minute tangent. Yeah, maybe we'll talk social contract next week. We did that before, right? I think so. Uh, and we're, we're on a lot of episodes now. It was actually nice. I was going through writing the show notes page and, and putting together some um, – some related episodes, and I got three of them up there. Oh, so, under about maybe we need to talk about more topics. No, they're kind of different, but it kind of it, it matches up well. So good. With that in mind, since I'm talking about the show notes page, the show notes page for this episode is mcflugel.com/slash sixty-one, where you'll find some uh, some helpful links. I also have some links to some other uh, mostly videos for some basic stuff about libertarianism um, 
that I think could help you if, if you're kind of new or, or talking to people who are new to libertarianism and just trying to get them in the right paradigm and, and frame of mind. And also there's links to uh, find us on social media like Facebook, Twitter. Uh, we're on Gab. And also uh, subscribe to this podcast on Stitcher or iTunes. And finally, and also very importantly, sign up for our email newsletter. Uh, we'll keep you up to date on everything that we're doing. So with that, thanks for listening. We'll catch you next week. Peace.